Identity management issues are difficult for enterprise companies and for consumers. According to Javelin's 2021 identity fraud study, there were $43 billion worth of identity fraud scams in 2020. Small business owners to C-suite execs are all looking for the answer to security and simplicity, especially in the face of the enemies, bad actors, and security systems that are too complicated to use. Everyone wants an answer, but does anyone really want a single powerful entity controlling all that information? I've been in this business for 20 plus years, and I have grown a little pessimistic about the concept of a single identity that you're going to set up that's going to give you access to everything. We talked about it in the early 2000s around the single driver's license to the internet. The challenge is, who are you going to trust with that? That's Fran Roche, the CEO of ForgeRock, a multinational, billion-dollar identity management company that's committed to providing smooth user experiences without compromising security. Find out on this episode of Business X Factors what perpetual mentality sets up ForgeRock to secure one of the most valuable assets imaginable, identity. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, head of strategy at mission.org. Welcome to Business X Factors. Each week, we'll take a look at the secret sauce that takes companies to the highest levels of success and then unpack how they got there. We'll explore how these organizations are run and what's so special about the people, the culture, and the processes that make it all happen. What is technology for? Our friends at Highland believe technology is for transforming the way you work, for delivering complete information when and where you need it so you can be more agile, more empowered, more connected through each interaction and in every relationship. Highland believes in technology thoughtfully designed to create better customer experiences. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. In Fran's family, when he was growing up, the expectation to listen to his father and act accordingly was crystal clear. When I grew up in the 70s and 80s, I was uh, one of four kids, like middle class. My father was an engineer, my mother was a public school teacher. And my father said, and it was myself and I had three sisters, and he said, you were all gonna be engineers. We want to be engineers. He's like, I don't really care. You're all going to be engineers. And at that time, you know, we talk about women in STEM and technology. I mean, this was not that common, but we all became engineers. I think it served me really well as a foundation. Fran's father had engineering plans for all his kids, but Fran believes that his family's mentality about work instilled in him a sense of grit. We started working as a family. We were 13, 14 years old, paper routes, lifeguarding cutting grass, hard work through school, getting an engineering degree, and then, you know, going to work. And I think that is something that has paid off and with a sense of perseverance. You know, nobody's career is up and to the right all the time. 
We all face setbacks and changes and bosses that aren't, we don't think are great, but kind of continuing to work hard and to persevere and to challenge and take on new things. I think that's the core of what's driven me and been part of my success. The determination that Fran learned in his upbringing served him well in his engineering career too. His resilient mindset helped him strive for new responsibilities that could lead to his development and potentially help his employer at the same time. When I went for engineering, I kind of moved into sales engineering, but I was out in the field away from headquarters for most of my career. And I always looked at headquarters as like, not that great. I was out there selling and deploying technology that I felt the company wasn't doing a great job building. So I took a change. I was out in Washington, D.C. I took a change in my career, raised my hand and said, I need to get into product management because I need to get further up the value stream and kind of fix some of these things that I don't see being fixed. There's usually one or two choices that end up making a significant difference in your career. And for Fran, this decision would prove to be a defining moment. I asked to make the move and the leadership of the company at that time, I was at Verison, they actually said, no, don't come. We really like you out in the field. You're doing a really good job. And I pushed and pushed. And they actually kind of made me take a little bit of a demotion because they said, you may be a VP in the field, but you've never done product management. So we're going to demote you to do that. But I made that investment in my career. I moved to California and I really challenged that. And that was a, a great example for me of just the sh short and long term. It wasn't a great short term investment for me getting out in the California housing market, but it was a great long-term investment because it opened up more opportunities. Later on in his career at the software company Symantec, Fran saw the impact he could have in leadership to help other people. When I was at Symantec, I had a chance to lead some really large BUs that were going through a turnaround. And just by working hard and leading, communicating, and I had a lot of people come up to me and say, what you're doing really means a lot to me. And I really like the way you're communicating and you're, I'm learning from you and it's changing me in my career. That's what kind of made me feel like, look, I can do this and I can go be a CEO. While Fran traveled along his career path, searching for new opportunities to grow, he also kept a keen eye on the leaders around him. They taught him all kinds of lessons, both in what to do and what to avoid. I've had some really incredible bosses and I've seen some really incredible leadership styles. And I've had some bosses who weren't so good. And I saw some kind of ways to lead a company that I thought were not as constructed. And I really wanted to go lead a company where I could bring the best of what I've seen in the past and, and leave behind the things that I didn't think worked so well. You know, I came to Forge Rock because of the market opportunity. Digital identity is the front door to everything we do now, whether it's in our work, and our personal lives. So I felt there was a great opportunity in just the market to improve that experience, to create that world where you never have to log in again. And that's really what attracted me. But I also wanted the opportunity to lead. I wanted the opportunity to create the kind of culture that I felt would produce the best company. A theme of Fran's life and career has been seeking out the next challenge so he can keep growing. It's fair to suggest that his prior stops along the way and the leadership experience he had already acquired really set him up to come to Forge Rock and build out the culture that he envisioned. I wanted the opportunity to create the kind of culture that I felt would produce the best company. I am a believer in the stakeholder model where as we work, we have responsibilities obviously to our customers and our partners, 
responsibility to our employees to create an environment that's a very positive working environment where we're giving back to our communities and of course creating a return for our investors. So I really wanted to come and create that kind of company that I would want to work at. One value that Fran learned earlier in his career that he has encouraged at Forge Rock is the importance of paying attention to customers and how are they engaging with products. During his time at Symantec, a software company, there was a program where employees went to people's houses to see how they were interacting with Norton software. We read a lot of customer survey data that people said it was hard to download the software and get it operational. It's not hard. We can do it all the time. I don't know why people find it so hard. So we actually did something we called Follow Me Homes, where we actually would go into the homes of these consumers and watch them go through this process and see where the struggles were and be able to identify those. What we think is obvious is not so obvious to, you know, to other people. So that's kind of where we learn that. Follow Me Homes seems very effective to see how customers might be struggling with a product. It's also a pretty creepy sounding name. I'm imagining a low budget thriller movie poster with that title, but the title was supposed to be Follow Me Home and the apostrophe S was unfortunately added on as a typo, but no one in marketing noticed. Did this idea maybe seem a little off-putting at first to Fran? I, I think it sounded potentially uncomfortable, you know, going in people's homes and, and all of that, but there are a lot of people who want to share, who want to be part of products and services getting better in the market. So once you did it, it was great. And your first time, it's a little awkward introducing yourself while you're there. But like anything, you get good at it and you just get incredibly valuable insights from those experiences. Now, it's a little bit different in enterprise software, which is the space we're in now, but we can still work with our customers and just see how they're using these services and where they're struggling and how we can get better. So customers inform innovation for Forge Rockers. And to clarify, Forge Rockers is the rocking way Fran says that the Forge Rock team refers to themselves. We will dig deeper into the concept of how Forge Rockers listen to their customer a little bit later. Another important quality at Forge Rock is being a champion for customers. Fran does not want his customers to have to compromise when it comes to security and easy usability. I joined Fordrive three and a half years ago after spending about 20 years with different cybersecurity and identity companies in the market. And during that time, I heard a lot of companies when they were advising their customers on how to build identity experiences, that they had to find a balance between the user experience and security. And I always hated hearing that kind of advice because what they were really telling people to do is compromise. You couldn't have both frictionless, easy onboarding and identity experiences and great security, privacy, and regulatory compliance. So what is Forge Rock's answer? How does it keep customers from compromising? Well, it starts with trees and AI. Really, Fran's great at explaining it. There are two main tools that we have to do that. One are identity trees, and the second is the way we're embedding AI into that identity journey. So the first identity trees, this is a no code drag and drop capability for our customers to create these identity journeys. And then along every step of that journey, the Fortrack platform can be configured using our AI capability to collect signals of user and device behavior so that we can start managing the risk that, okay, it looks like it was you when you really logged on, 
but has someone stolen your identity over time? We can look at your behavior, the devices that you're using, and develop an ongoing risk score. And if that risk score goes up, we can say, look, at, we're not really sure this is still you. Let's go ahead and maybe throttle access to the most sensitive information or possibly go ahead and do a stepped up authentication. So this AI capability gives us the power to quickly recognize a legitimate user and give them access while blocking the malicious actors. The AI integration to recognize abnormal behavior and limit identity exposure from bad actors is really fascinating. But let's focus in for a moment on these identity trees. I love this concept. It's earthy and technical and a robust security product that's made to be user friendly. Tell us more, Fran. So I want you to picture a blank sheet of paper with nothing on it. And you have a set of kind of building blocks over the left side. And as a developer, you can actually drag a module off and put it on a clean sheet of paper and then build from there. So the first module may be you've got to register for this account. So it's a registration flow. And it could be I've got to put in my name, my address, my phone number, and you would actually have a pre-built registration flow. And then you may have a branch that goes off the tree that says, okay, once this person does that, they can choose to set their own privacy policies. So then you can go in and actually set, you have the user set the privacy policy. Another customer may choose like, I don't wanna do that. I'll just take the default policy settings. So they would branch off to go down different trees. And it's got all these different flows that you could potentially go through. And it ends up looking like a tree because you keep on branching and giving you know, the customer these choices. And our customers love it because it gives them the ability to kind of visually drag and drop and build and really get a visual experience of what the steps that their customers are gonna to have to go through. According to Fran, identity trees allow Fordrock to gauge customer experience in addition to changes in their actions as it pertains to security. An additional meaningful aspect is that identity trees can help take the pressure off Fordrock's customers because they don't have to build everything from scratch. Good news is that we have kind of best practices. So our customers don't have to actually start from a clean sheet of paper. They can actually start with a pre-built tree and say, oh, this is the password reset tree, or this is the two-factor authentication tree, or this is the you know ATM authentication tree. And then they can just go ahead and, oh, we want to do it a little bit differently at our company. So let's go ahead and change this around a little bit. We actually have customers who swap trees with each other and say, wow, I see what you've done is really cool in your call center authentication. Can we use that tree over here? So it's become kind of a community builder. Not only is the name Identity Trees creative, as is the way Fran describes it, but so is the product itself and how it has been used to build a community of Identity Trees. Let's just say an identity forest. How does Forge Rock maintain a culture of constructive creativity to make these kinds of products that are easy to use, yet the security is not compromised? Find out after the break. If you run a business, you have information. Loads and loads of information across different channels systems and silos. How can you connect the dots to make sure the right information gets to the right people who need it? Highland helps more than half of the Fortune 100 companies do just that by providing them with the tools they need to digitally transform and create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. 
Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. Not compromising user experience or security is of primary concern in Forge Rock's business model. But it's Forge Rock's culture of creativity and even its acceptance that some failure is inevitable that allows these sorts of uncompromising products to be made. People have got to feel comfortable and supported in putting ideas out there and trying ideas that that some of them are not going to work. But if you only do ideas you know you're going to work, you just will we'll never be really challenging the future or experimenting. So we try to create a culture where that's okay. We've had things that we tried that haven't worked, but we've tried a lot of things that have. So I think diversity really becomes important. We talk about that and sometimes people think that is how many women do you have or how many people of a particular ethnic perspective, but we think of diversity around diversity of ideas and getting all the creative ideas on the table. So by creating a more diverse organization, and that could be men or women, but it's also people from different backgrounds. When the company first got started, we had a lot of engineers that came from Sun Microsystems. It was a great company. They brought a lot of those experiences. But at a certain point, it's like, okay, we got enough of that. Let's go get somebody who's done this cool startup over here and get their experience. Let's get you know a younger person. Let's get someone with more experience. Let's get someone from different parts of the world. And then I think the last thing, it's actually you've got to dedicate the resources, right? Innovation and ideation doesn't happen as a part-time job. It has to happen because it's somebody's job. And I think there are people's skill sets that align to continuing to invest in our ongoing products and services and continue to blue sky the future. So we make sure we have people actually have the time and the bandwidth to kind of have those conversations and attend industry conferences and brainstorm with other people to make sure that we have those ideas coming in all the time. Lots of companies can talk about innovative and fostering a creative culture. Fran just made two vital points. You have to have real diversity and you have to pay people to create and make sure they can actually be creative. Forge Rock doesn't just talk about creativity, it invests in creativity. When Fran first came on board to Forge Rock, he initiated something called Project Rocket to initiate change in the company. Studying this initiative can give us insight into how Fran and Forge Rock innovate with customers in mind. We broke the project into three phases. Phase one was just information collection. And we tried to prevent ourselves from getting any conclusions. So we we went out and we interviewed dozens of customers, lots of employees, partners. We talked to industry analysts to get an understanding of the market where Fordrock fit in the market. Then the next phase is we really sifted through that data to come up with conclusions of where we were. And then third was to develop an action plan to put that into action. Fordrock listened to its customers and then made substantive changes. And what they said was, we want Fordrock to be part of our extended team and really be in the trenches with us to ensure that we're getting the value from the technology that we're purchasing. And then the second thing we heard was, Fordrock had been a traditional software sale where customers would buy the software and manage it themselves. Like many other technologies, people were ready to take identity to the cloud and they would have preferred to provide Fordrock as a service. 
So when we kicked off Project Rocket, we said there are really two key things. Cloud and simplicity plus customer success would equal accelerating growth for the company. So from the R&D standpoint, we really doubled down on the cloud and making the technology simpler and easier to consume. So we launched our cloud service in the uh, middle of 2020, and it's just been a great adoption. In Q3, 50% of all of our new business came on that cloud platform. We created some unique, large enterprise architectural approaches so our customers could have more control over their data in comparison to a lot of the other competitors who really grew out of the SMB space. So it's all that cloud and simplicity. And then second was customer success. Fordrock did not have a formal customer success organization. We have now formed that a couple of years ago. So every one of our customers has a customer advocate within Fordrock to make sure that we understand their definition of success and that we're actually building and getting it deployed as a partner along there to make sure that happens. The compelling thing about Project Rocket is that it is not a one-off, but Fran describes it as an ongoing process. And the foundation of Project Rocket is listening. Without listening, conclusions and actions never get off the ground. Attentive listening is built into daily Forge Rock life. You've got to do that every day. We have formal approaches like our customer advisory board, which meet and we get formal input. We also feel like every interaction we have with our customers is an opportunity for learning. And we record the key points of all that information in a system that we can then go query later and look at patterns of information that we're hearing. It's people's jobs to really understand what's going on with our customers. We have a very high, what we call gross retention rate, which means most of our customers, once they choose, stay for many years, but every now and then a customer leaves us and we hate to see any customer churn. So every time it happens, we do a deep dive. What happened? What could we have done differently? So it's an ongoing listening journey and then incorporating and challenging ourselves again going back to that challenge of what we're doing and why we're doing it and and should we change it certainly the world has changed recently to more remote and hybrid work and workers trying to generate ideas via video calls in this case forge rock is striving to adapt how to listen to its own employees as they dream up new solutions if you read any documentation about the effectiveness of working over video versus the effectiveness of working in person, it, it's a little bit different than I thought, it, it really, that when you're working over video, it's actually a pretty good tool when you're in decision-making mode because you're pretty much just laser focused on the screen in front of you. You're actually very focused because people can look if you look away, right? So you're there. But for ideation mode, it's much better to be in person in a conference room where people get up, they walk around, they do things on the whiteboard and all of that kind of stuff actually is much better in person. So that's what we really have been trying to be really explicit about is saying, okay, how do we create an environment where people have the opportunity to just to brainstorm? Friends discovered that listening is about more than just sitting back and taking in information. Listening is a lot about asking questions in a way that you're asking, well, why do you think that's important? And how do you think we can do that? And really digging into asking those powerful questions is what extracts those ideas on the table. So it's creating that culture where we have time and the ability for people to just brainstorm and everyone is encouraged to listen and ask powerful questions before jumping to a conclusion. But at the end, we have to make decisions. We have to choose. 
and you can get to that analysis paralysis. So we're great listeners, but we're also great deciders. Fran is very clear on how ForgeRock will not compromise user experience or security. That said, ForgeRock, as evident in Fran's leadership style, is not uncompromising in all things as a foundational characteristic. Instead, it is dedicated to fostering creativity by supporting daring aims and putting money and work power toward dreaming of future possibilities. Additionally, Fran has set up a change-making process to constantly improve the business that involves attentive listening, making conclusions, and acting to make things better. As you just heard him say about Forge Rockers, we're great listeners, but we're also great deciders. Business X Factors is brought to you by our friends at Highland. For over a decade, Highland has been named a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for content services platforms, leading the way to help people get the information they need when and where they need it. More than half of 2020 Fortune 100 companies rely on Highland to help them create more meaningful connections with the people they serve. When your focus is on the people you serve, Highland stands behind you. Highland is your X factor for better performance. Go to highland.com forward slash insights to learn more. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D.com slash insights. You've been listening to Business X Factors, created by our team at mission.org and brought to you by Highland. Are you enjoying this show? If so, I'd be grateful if you rated and reviewed us on Apple or Spotify, as this helps ensure that more listeners like you find the show, and it also lets me know how I'm doing. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to dive deeper into the topics discussed, be sure to check out the resources section of our show notes, where we've included helpful links, articles, and books, including any stat or stories referenced in this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jeremy Bergeron, and I'll catch you next time on Business X Factors.